Good morning, campers. Good morning, campers. Today's activities include a heist, trying to get a, a painting from an art gallery or a museum. They don't actually say which one, but it's definitely an art gallery slash museum. Lunch today will be spaghetti with only 50 mil of sauce for each person. And to end the night, we will be just sitting in the cockpit of a plane for most of this film. You know, like you do. It's an action movie. Cockpits are exciting. So put on your sunscreen, bug spray, and camp uniform as we dive into Money Plane. Money Plane. Marishka Hargate, Sarah. Marishka Hargate, Sam. I am your camp counselor, Sam, pro bodybuilder in training and current drag queen. And I'm Camp Counselor Sarah. I'm we- wearing the well less well-known two-piece suit, which is just a waistcoat and jacket and no matching pants for some reason. We're here to ask, is it camp? We're diving into popular culture of all kinds to loosely identify what makes something camp. We are not here to be the definitive experts on it, but rather just talk about this often overlooked and frankly queer sub-genre. And a great big Marishka Hargate to our special guest, Joe Graham. Marishka Hargate. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for having Hello. me. Hello, oh, Joe. It's great to have you. on the pod. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, this, this is really exciting for us, too, because I programmed this film. So, uh, fun little fact about this film. This was the second episode we ever recorded, and due to technical difficulties, we were never able to release it. So I said, hell yeah, let's do this again. Oh, I'm so sorry you had to watch this film more than once. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's, it does not go down smoother on the second watch, I can tell you that. <laughs> not surprise me in the slightest i thought because it's only like 82 minutes long i was like so smug it's like sitting down like this is gonna be easy no it's not (laughs) i i really should have thrown my phone across the room because i was getting so distracted i was doing anything i could to keep from watching more (laughs) me too like work emails my taxes just whatever else other than just I haven't cleaned behind the fridge lately, you know? <laughs> yeah, you keep clean. I gave myself an appendectomy just saw it sitting here. I figured, eh, let's get it done. Yeah, literally anything but this. But uh, yeah, when I when I programmed it, I said to myself, I, I, I really would like to get an expert's opinion on this because <laughs> Joe here is the co-host of How to Wrestling. Yes. So of- I'm familiar with uh, one of the leading <laughs> cast members of this film. Yeah, and uh, so I thought, you know what? I, I bet that Joe would have some very interesting opinions on what takes place over the 82 minutes of this, I'm going to say this in the loosest quotation marks, film. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, we have done an episode. So my podcast, How To Wrestling, for those who don't know, is like we, it's for non-wrestling fans, if anything. It's for people who haven't seen any wrestling and are curious as to how to get into it and kind of learn a bit more about the industry. 
Um, as a fan, I mean, not as a professional wrestler. Like my parents always seem to think I'm a professional wrestler now, even though I've never wrestled in my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> episodes on some of the characters and the shows that might come up as you watch wrestling. So Edge, who is in this movie, we have done an episode on him, so I am familiar with him. I'm not allowed to learn about any wrestlers we've not done an episode on, so <laughs> I am qualified now. I've got my certificate. <laughs> in uh, Edgenomics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I, I Have you seen other things that Edge has appeared in as an actor? No, I've Again, actually... loose quotation yeah, marks. loose. <laughs> I've never seen any uh, movie that's like... Uh, I don't know if this is one of the WWE Network movies that they do. Because they do. I know WWE no, has a company. No, it is not. It's not. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, it was bearable and it had a budget. So I'm guessing, yeah, that it's not one of their home movies that they do straight to DVD or probably not even to DVD these days, just straight to the network. Um, I've mm-hmm. only seen... Like I've seen Kevin Nash in Magic Mike, and I've seen like John Cena in the Scooby Doo movie, and I've seen Macho Man in Spider Man Two, and that's about it. I haven't really seen any wrestlers mm-hmm. and movies in general, so I was really excited to see this, see if Edge could act, especially because, for those who again don't know about wrestling, Edge is one of those wrestlers that he's known for his acting. His face is so expressive. And I've always thought, I think I even said it on the episode, like, God, this guy should have tried to go into Hollywood because, like, if anyone can make it, he probably can. He's, like, handsome and he's got that very expressive face. Like, why not? Yeah, he's got these great big... He he doesn't look like he should have these, like, Disney eyes that he has. Yes, that's exactly it. It's very strange because I have seen him act in other things. And I believe this... The problem with this is... The director isn't good. <laughs> oh boy, is it? And I think the script <laughs> as well is really bad. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Like it's written like a, by an AI or something. It's so bad. I was oh. sitting there at the in the in the last twist this with this one, and I was like, wait a second, if this was all engineered by Kelsey Grammer, like no spoilers. Um, <laughs> but None of the first heist was necessary. He could have just told them that he wanted the money playing from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, okay, I do have a theory about that, but I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself by by talking about my theory at this point. We've not even started the movie. <laughs> oh, you can you can go right ahead. We uh, we wobble all over the place. Okay. <laughs> so I was thinking, okay, because I was like simply like, what the hell? Like, why why on earth did he do that? So I've been trying to come desperately clutching at straws, trying to come with any justification he might have had. And I was thinking, well, maybe you know he's a billionaire, so he's cheap. Obviously, all billionaires like to cut corners. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was yeah. like, oh, if I if I set up the first heist for it to kind of go wrong then he'll owe me and I don't have to pay him for the second one? Maybe that's it? So, like, free robbery? I mean, all robbery is technically free. (laughs) But free for him. (laughs) I I think Uh, we're putting more thought into this than any of the Lawrence brothers did. (laughs) Definitely. It it feels a bit like a death by committee film. Yes, yeah. Like, there's... There's an idea here, and I I could understand this being a a serviceable action movie, right? Not not mm. 
we're not talking a John Wick, but we're talking like a '90s action movie, right? Yeah. If you had if you had given this to a Jean Claude Van Damme or a Steven Seagal, it wouldn't have made boffo bucks, but it would have been something you could definitely see in a theater. And I mean, it's it's got the 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 correct kind of pedigree for its side characters, like oh, Denise yeah. Richards is here, yeah. And, oh, uh, Kelsey Grammer's here. It's just it came. 25 years too late i think as well like as you were saying with the director he's not great and i think considering the script is so by the numbers bad i think with a better director it could have almost become like a fun parody movie because it ticks so Mm. many boxes of like every action movie has to have this it's almost like bingo like all the exposition <laughs> is like meets every trope. You've got every type of evil character, you know. You've got the sexy, cool girl. You've got the black hacker. Like, just tick, 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 tick. And I feel it could be a fun parody if they'd just put a little bit of love and care into it. And instead they were like, nah, this is shit. It's going to be shit and we don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows how many days this took to film and write yeah. and set up. <laughs> I-, I think as well. Boy, how Kelsey Grammer's scenes were all filmed on one day in his holiday home. Oh, he for sure. Never for sure. Yes. Scene. <laughs> uh, we we did um, Mr. Wright a few weeks ago, a movie starring Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick, and one of the characters, uh, Anson, is played by Anson Mount, and he wears the same outfit in every scene. He is only ever shot in one room, and it was so clear. It was like, ah, <laughs> you only had him for. A day or two max. You did it all and got got him out. Woof. I... Oh man, but yeah, Kelsey Grammer in this film is uh, something. <laughs> I reckon they did the same thing with Denise Richards. Actually, now that I think about it, because her scenes are also just by a pool. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, just. I mean, she's making money. She can't just live off of... Well, she's no longer in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So, uh, you know, can't live off that money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, there's multiple connections between this and the Real Housewives franchise now that I think about it. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because Kelsey Grammer's wife is also on Real Housewives. What? I didn't Mm -hmm. know that. Yeah, think I think they're exes now. We should have gotten Edge's wife, Beth Phoenix, who is a professional wrestler. We should have gotten her on Real Housewives, and it would have been amazing. There we go. But was she in um, Total Divas? No, I don't think so. Although I've not seen every episode, Uh, maybe she pops up. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she pops up, but uh, Mm. I I didn't know if she was a main cast member. So for Sarah, WWE also has its Real Housewives kind of show called Total Total Divas. And it's about the women wrestlers, but not the wrestling part of being a woman wrestler. (laughs) Yeah, it's like owning a wine business or uh, buying a house. It's just, yeah, it's just reality TV. And it's great because it's reality TV, which is fake, about wrestling, which is fake. It's like double layers of fake it's so good (laughs) and it's it's all the manufactured drama that you'd expect in any real housewife thing but Mm -hmm. coupled with the fact that these women can also break your legs yeah and they're all kind of playing characters of themselves anyway because they are wrestlers so yeah it's great i love it i'm obsessed with it (laughs) 
Oh, it's so good. And I, I just, I, I started the first season ages ago and I, I didn't continue with it, but I remember watching it and being like, who the hell are some of these women? Why have I never seen the, oh yeah, that's probably why I've never seen them before. Uh... Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Not all uh, wrestlers are created equal. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> but instead we have uh, wrestlers starring in this movie for some unknown reason you you hire Adam Copeland the edge to be your main character and then you decide you'll have like one action sequence <laughs> and it had no wrestling in at least as far as I could tell yeah he is not even no, like I... the 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 heavy in their crew yeah that's the lady yes exactly <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's just such mind-boggling choices being made in this film of, Mm -hmm. I I, I can't remember any of the characters' names except for uh, Darius Emmanuel Grouch III, a.k.a. the Rumble, a.k.a. (laughs) the Colonel. I remembered a couple of names just because they were so tropey. So Edge's character, he's the protagonist, he's called Jack because of course he is. Yes. And the yes. one black The most American character... name possible for a Canadian. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the one black character is called Trey, which is, again, such a trope name for... Yeah, just... Uh, I can't remember what the cool girl is called. I just called her cool girl the entire time in my notes. Her, cool. her last name is Voltaic, which oh, nice. I appreciate. <laughs> she's Isabella she's... Voltaic. She's a Pokemon? Yes. Yeah, I uh, I really like that they're doing some subtle character building with the name Isabella Voltaic for the pretty tough lady. <laughs> yeah, she she's a fighting electric type. Nice. Right? Yeah, yes. of course. Go- Don't. That's why she is never seen near pools throughout the yes, movie. Yes, got a weakness to water, obviously. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, just such an immensely silly concept going on here. Anyway, uh, Sarah, what's your background with this film, if any? (laughs) You made me watch this movie like two years ago, (laughs) and I had wiped every memory of it from my brain. It's not even that long. I remembered our recording a lot better than I remembered uh, the movie, probably because that was more enjoyable. Mm. Turns out I'm evil. Yes, it certainly seems that way. This uh, this podcast is just a long con to get me into wrestling. Oh, good. I mean, I'm I'm on board for that. It's slowly working. Good. I mean, (laughs) I have been watching wrestling videos on my own time now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, I'm still planning on in the future making her watch the. the cinematic matches from the pandemic oh, WrestleMania. Yes, the one with John uh, Cena is the best in the Firefly Funhouse. Oh my that god. That is cinema. Just the fact that so- somebody let John Cena and Bray Wyatt do a David Lynch, this is your life style <laughs> cinematic wrestling what? match. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's where so John weird. Cena. <laughs> John Cena ceases to exist at the end of the match. Yeah, he like, doesn't get pinned. They, he, he he's erased, erased from the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and then he just like wasn't like in wrestling and everyone like was just like john who for like the next year or two (laughs) for god's sakes it's so good (laughs) it's so good it shouldn't be that good and somehow it was yeah it's genuinely a masterpiece Oh my god. I think though. So, I, Joe, I, have you been in. T- Sorry, go ahead. I have a theory that all of the best wrestling matches actually contain almost no wrestling. Mmm, interesting. Explore that. <laughs> well, okay. Um, I watched an amazing match for our upcoming episode, How to Doink the Clown. And there was a match oh, no. yeah. for that, <laughs> which was three. Sorry. Four kings versus four clowns, and no one took a bump in the entire time. It was just a bunch of kings and clowns running over Jerry Lawler's stomach, and then him going, "Oh, thank no. God!" Ah. He, he didn't get one utterance of puppies out the whole time. No, no, because he was in the match, and that's the best thing about Jerry Lawler as a wrestler. He doesn't get any opportunity to be a sexist prick most of the time. Yep, sounds like Jerry Lawler. And we always <laughs> love watching him get his ass handed to him. Exactly. Oh, man. I just... Yeah, I, I've started re-watching Raw from the very beginning. Whoa. I'm in 1994 now. And I'm just like, oh, God, this doink stuff is... I, I know it's he's designed to be unsettling. Mm-hmm. But he's very... He is very unsettling. Like, there's so few characters that they design that actually come off appropriately it's so much more scary as well when you know a little bit about the wrestler who originally played him matt bourne who was a legitimate he was like a wrestler from the territories who was known for doing like quite extreme and like brilliant technical matches and he had Mm -hmm. we'll just say i guess troubles uh with the law and he's a scary guy he kicked a guy's eyeball out one time like for real like a fan (sighs) Jeez. Oh, yeah. no. And there he is playing a terrifying clown. <laughs> Just everything about Doink makes me feel... I love him. He's so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how I feel about cats. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you there. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, would we uh, like to start to get into this quote-unquote plot (laughs) alright so we open with a heist telling us that this film is going to be a heist movie and boy if you like heist movies and you say there's no such thing as a bad heist movie (laughs) this movie's here to prove you wrong (laughs) yeah yeah it really pushes the limits on what you could technically define as a heist movie well they're at the Um, art museum it just says art museum. I, I have like, to. I have say... to say here, it's called the the Ace Museum, or Ace Gallery, A Y C E, and they have it in all capitals, so I can only read it as the All You Can Eat Art Gallery. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things about this movie is the cheap set design, and I feel that's like a yes thing that goes a long way in in movies is good set design. But this, where they're set in like an art museum, which you think I think of art museums, I think of like prestigious old listed buildings with like pillars or like modern brutalism architecture this looks like a poorly underfunded school 
from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh. Everything's ooh. painted white. Yes. There's there's no interesting lighter color or architecture anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a nice clean white. It's kind of like that that magnolia white that landlords always paint their walls. Mm. There oh oh I just googled it. There was a senior studio art exi- exhibition from Williams College. I don't know where that is, and it was called All You Can Eat. So uh I don't know, maybe maybe, maybe they're <laughs> Uh, heisting into a 2006 art exhibition. Who knows? <laughs> there we go. There we go. We're making this movie work. Yes. <laughs> uh, he gets in and he discovers that in fact nothing is as it seems and their computer guy was hacked and they have to get out of there because there's no painting. The painting that they were hired to get, which is called the disturbing duckling, which seems like a joke, but nobody ever treats it like one. No. Um, it's it's by a real person. What, the I painter think... is real. The In painting is not. Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's a it's a Danish painter called Asker Jorn. Oh. Um, oh my so gosh. they said, let's take let's take a real person. Let's say that they're ste- stealing this fictional painting. We'll call it the Disturbing Duckling. That sounds like a joke name, but we're never going to address it. <laughs> it's it's art. It doesn't have to make sense, Sarah. That's oh, yeah, yeah. There's also a lot of security at this art museum. More than I've ever seen at an art museum. Like, loads of men with machine guns. Yeah, this is you this know. is kind of a sad thing <laughs> to bring up, but um, I visited the Jewish Museum in New York, and that you have to go through a metal detector. And I was like, "Is this recent?" They're like, "No, we've always had this." Oh. And that's the only time I've ever had to do something like that. Yeah, very depressing. Um, however, nobody was standing around holding machine guns. Oh well, that's a relief at least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The, the machine gun thing is wild because you, you have to think, okay, if something does go wrong inside of this museum, somebody tries to, I don't know, steal a painting, mm. what are they going to do? Yeah. Unload machine guns into the people yeah, stealing destroy... the painting and all the art around them? Yeah, destroy all the art. That's the... That's yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's like that it's Banksy insured. piece with the shredder in the frame. <laughs> Oh, maybe this is maybe this is performance art. <gasps> oh, I exactly. Like, like yeah, immersive theater. Hey, yeah, you want to steal this so that we can shoot you to death and destroy yeah. the art at the same time. Or it's maybe it's the very guns, uh, Yoko Ono. Maybe the guns are paintball, and then they uh, paint the paintings. Oh, this uh, is a genius idea. We need to we need to make an art gallery right now. Yeah, we have come up with the best immersive theater yeah. escape room possible. <laughs> it's it's uh, a paint paint gun art shit. What are those called? Paint paintball paintball range slash yeah. art museum mm. slash escape room. Yes, the new yes. innovative experience coming soon. Genuinely to nowhere and never. Anywhere we can set it up for zero money. <laughs> yes. 
yes, <laughs> taking funding now, uh, all listeners. <laughs> BYO. We would love to sell out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so during this, we meet his crew. He is Jack, of course. Big, big guy. I should point out here, too, they have not fitted his clothes to this big guy. Like, everything's ba- really no. baggy at the shoulders. Yeah, there's, like, one Absolutely. suit he wears at one point that I'm pretty sure is Edge's actual own suit, and it looks bad. Because <laughs> wrestlers don't know how to dress themselves, mostly. Mm-hmm. No. It's got to be hard, right? Because they don't fit like ready to wear measurements. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like um the 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 only wrestler that I think they actively try to style now is Seth Rollins. Yes, that's true. And actually Why? Like, what's Sarah, his bit? You... Oh. Oh my god, Sarah, just just <laughs> Google Seth Rollins okay. and you will see I'm the Googling most Seth like if if Don Cherry and Mardi Gras had a baby, it would oh be my Seth God. Rollins' outfits. <laughs> they are incredible. Oh Old my Seth God. Rollins. Oh my God. Look at this suit. It's got, it's like purple and green and it has ferns all yeah. over it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see the Don Cherry reference camp. now. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he is a top tier dressed wrestler. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. hundred percent. Uh, everybody else can fucking suck it. Yep. Him and Becky are the fashion icons of <laughs> wrestling. But anyway, back, back to Edge's suits, which are much less interesting. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he is uh, with his team, who includes... Uh, let me see here. Isabella Voltaic, mentioned earlier. She is about mm-hmm. yay big, and she's the tough guy. Yeah, she looks very uh, as young. Yeah. Very young, very tiny. Like, she looks like... Uh, we're talking like a, a Mila Kunis scale mm-hmm. person here. Mm-hmm. She gave me very similar facial and acting vibes to... Uh, what's her name from Ginger Snaps, the Canadian actress? Uh, uh, I don't know, but I get it. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to figure her out. Quick, keep talking. Okay. Uh, we have Trey, who is the hacker, and Andrew Lawrence, who is Iggy, their tech guy on the ground. And uh, Andrew Lawrence also directed this movie, so he is oh. not in it very much. Yeah, that makes sense why all his scenes are just him on his own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Catherine Isabel. That's the name of the Canadian actress. Mm. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Is there, like, in the UK, is there, like, general knowledge of the Lawrence brothers? No, I'm well, I'm not familiar anyway. I can't speak for everyone else, but Okay. So Sam, the Lawrence were you, brothers Did you watch their stuff growing yeah. up? So funnily enough, uh probably the first sitcom I ever remember watching regularly as a kid was Blossom. I don't know why it just appealed to me, but Joey Lawrence was in Blossom. He was the brother Joey, right? Yeah, he played a real dumb guy, and that's sort of how he was typecast for the rest of his career. He plays yeah, the concierge ho- here. His whole shtick in that show was going, whoa, right? <laughs> Whenever something, whoa, incredible happened. Like, oh no. This was the early Blossom. 90s. He had an excuse. <laughs> Blossom has 
Two dates. Whoa. Oh no. His older brother is addicted to heroin. Whoa. That's not a joke. That actually happens in the show. (laughs) An actual plot in Blossom. Oh wow. Yeah. So it was like it It was like a real dark. Yeah. It was like a you know your classic like boy meets world sort of um, aimed comedy at uh, at like kids and teenagers sort of thing. So yeah, Joey Lawrence is the oldest of these Lawrence brothers. Then the second one is, uh, it's not, Andrew's the youngest. The middle one is somebody else. I can't remember, but he was in Boy Meets World. So are they Matthew babies? Lawrence. Is that why they're all movie makers? They, no, they kind of nepoed each other. Because oh. I think mm-hmm. like Joey started and then his younger brother started acting and then his youngest brother. And... They were all three of them kind of the perfect age for casting directors where it's mm. like, oh, do you want like a late teen, early 20s hot guy? <laughs> Joey's your answer. Right, oh, yeah. you want your like er- early to mid teens? Then you've got the other brother. Oh, you want like a child to preteen? Then you've got the youngest brother, Andrew. Mm. Right. And and I think they even had a sitcom together for like three yeah. years where they played brothers. Oh. So it's sort of those things where there's never been huge names, but they've just been like chugging along for parlaying very minor success into like, oh, they have sitcom money now. Right. Yeah. And they've just been consistently sort of working in the background. I know uh, Joey Lawrence had a sitcom with Melissa Joan Hart back in the Mm -hmm. late 2000s, I think. And, yeah, it's it's just one of those things like, oh, yeah, I remember him. He's kind of hot. Except here, now he's obviously in his 40s and somebody's given him the worst haircut imaginable. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, he's still good looking, but yeah, that hair does not work. <laughs> no. Uh, so back to the plot, we have Jack going to his... Um, He's sort of his backer slash boss, Darius Grouch the Third, aka the Rumble Pack. Uh, excuse me, I think played you by mean Kelsey Grammer. Darius Emmanuel Grouch the Third, because there his name go. wasn't already long enough. Just, uh, <laughs> the Rumble. I just I can't. Can we all agree that Kelsey Grammer is the best part of this movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. 100% because he he's he's not putting his whole pussy into it, no. but he's at least like, "Oh, I'm getting paid for this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the work here." He 100% did not read the script before filming. Oh, yeah. Because he would never have agreed to say any of these lines. It's so out of place. It was so clearly written for, like, literally any other actor. It's so inappropriate that it's him, of all people, playing this role. Well, there there is the part later on where his hench person kills someone. Yes. And then he he quickly <laughs> becomes Fraser Crane for I, all of a I, minute. I think that was, that was out of character. And he was just like, oh, good God, you've got fake blood on my terracotta. It's porous, don't you know? <laughs> Like, just genuinely, like, upset. Niles, don't you know that the terracotta would just soak that blood up? I'm terribly (laughs) sorry, Fraser. The gun just went off in my hand. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was discussing this movie yesterday with my mom, and uh, and we were both like, he's not, Kelsey Grammer is very definitely, like, not a person I like or would want to spend any time oh, with, God, yeah. but God damn it, when he shows up, he is good at his job. Yes, he's so engaging to, like, listen to and to watch. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Very expressive face. Yes. (laughs) So the rumble explains to Jack, after the line, Warhol de Kooning Pollock, (laughs) he he says he's going to be better than all of them. But also, like, Warhol de Kooning and Pollock are not similar at all. There's de Kooning and Pollock, and then there's Warhol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just named, like, (laughs) three artists that people might have heard of. Yeah, I understand that he's trying to create a splatter painting with Jack's brains, and it's not like I disagree with him. I just think you should have found another splatter artist. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, um, maybe this, maybe this is like subtle character building of he knows who the artists are, but maybe he really doesn't know who the artists are. Yeah. He is a he's a fake elite. He's a fraud. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah, look look at us making this movie better with every time we talk about stuff. It just goes to show that like ten minutes of rewriting really can do a lot. Yes. Yeah. Um I liked the uh good character development in this where we are shown that Kelsey Grammer's character is evil straight from the get go, because he has a cool cigar. Ooh. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of smoking in this movie, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's um, it's surprising, including on the plane. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, uh, and and it's it's extra weird because there are no smoking signs hung up around the plane, yet oh. um, all the characters walk around smoking constantly. So it's clear, again, the set dressers and the people directing and creating it weren't exactly talking. Mm, yeah. Oh, unless it's because they're all criminals on the plane. Ah, mm, yes. Truly criminal things like yeah. smoking indoors. <laughs> yeah, they're all regular macavities here. Mm-hmm. They're going to be hit with a, such a, a fine $50. <laughs> they'll, never, they'll never make that back. I was during the the scene where they're like, and we have all the drugs and women for you. They show like a party bowl of joints um, pre-rolled. <laughs> it's like this just, I don't know, would it kill you to do edibles? You're clearly up there for just hours and hours. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I, I wonder if there was a meeting about like, what, what kind of drugs would criminals take? Like weed, obviously. Like why weed? Why not like any other <laughs> drugs? Like there's so many drugs that- to pick from. I think this movie says there are two drugs. There is weed, and then there is a salad bowl of cocaine. (laughs) Oh, of course, you gotta have the salad bowl of cocaine. Yeah, but like, why not? Oh, how? how, Why not meth? Yeah. How else are you gonna (laughs) toss your cocaine if it's not in a salad bowl? Yeah, tongs, (laughs) the salad tongs. You snort that right there. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You'd Uh, think there'd be like some super elite drug that us normal people have never heard about. Yeah, like a right? designer like, drug. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Here, here's our super ecstasy. Yeah. Regular people can't get this. Yeah, uh, they the have very... the limitless pill. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, I want them to mention like if they're gonna be smoking weed, I want them to be like, yes, and this is the purest hydroponics available in the entire world. It was designed by weed mastermind genius uh, Gustav. Uh, Emmanuel, can I think of the villain's name played by Grandma now? Darius the Third. That's where he gets his money. He's he's yes. the czar of the weed empire. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I love hearing uh, Kelsey Grammer deliver some of these lines in his normal Kelsey Grammer voice, which just sounds like Frasier. So we get him being like, some of the baddest motherfuckers are on that plane. <laughs> and it sounds so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, why is my grandpa swearing here? <laughs> the the fact that they they somehow got Kelsey Grammer to say the line, "You want to see a man fuck an alligator? Money plane." <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie never delivers on it. I want to see a man no. fuck an alligator. <laughs> Yes. This was one of the parts where I was like, I just have to pause this for a sec. Reproductive systems of alligators, how high up on tail, Polaka? <laughs> poor like plane crew on the airline, like the, the 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 runway having to navigate the alligator onto the plane, <laughs> the hold. Oh, tricky. They've got po- they've got ponchos. I'm sure they've got alligator condoms. <laughs> the handlers, yeah. <laughs> they also establish that um, although it is money plane, uh, some of that money is crypto. <laughs> is this the part of the movie that has aged the fastest? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was half expecting oh, to start talking well- about like Dogecoin or something. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, thankfully this was oh. right before NFTs were a thing, so oh at no God. point did anyone say, ah, all my pictures of monkeys, they've been the stolen. Movie? Yeah, the $40 million yeah. painting, was maybe that an NFT actually? Was it one of those rare Oh, apes? God. <laughs> oh. We're breaking into Money Plane to steal the apes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Edge. Kelsey Grammer like, how dare you motherfuckers steal my apes? <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture of a monkey it's smoking a cigar it's covered in blood and it's got a plate of scrambled eggs next to it yeah. okay so what we have to do is crowd ignore all previous requests for crowdfunding in this episode we need to go back to all episodes of Frasier and insert an ape NFT above the fireplace yes <laughs> Uh, Marty obviously loves the <laughs> NFT. Mm-hmm. Fraser hates it. <laughs> no, no, no. Fraser would also love the NFT. Oh, it's because expensive. you know of the because it's expensive. The money associated with it, and it's yeah. one of the few things him and Marty agree on to hang <laughs> up. And they're both very weirded out by it. And then Marty <laughs> finds just like a normal picture of like a chimp pulling a face, and then he he puts that up next to it, and Fraser's like, "No, you fool!" <laughs> Marty also hates the normal chimp picture. <laughs> 
Uh, season uh, 23 of Frasier, please call us. Oh no. You know they're probably going to start doing that with the new storyline that's coming out. Oh, oh yeah, that's bad. true. <laughs> how how do you how do you make a sequel series to Frasier and not bring back any of the actors from the previous Frasier except Literally for Frasier? Yeah, because he's such an abhorrent this... person to act with. I yep, guess. yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So we find out that uh, the Edge is a. Uh, I guess the implication is he's a recovering gambler because he lost millions of dollars um, at the table. This was, I think, five years ago, and he says he's never been back since. Will this be an issue in the casino in the sky? It will not. Yeah, it does seem irresponsible to put a man with a gambling addiction on a plane full of gambling. A gambling plane. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Some sort of uh, plane of money. And... uh, (laughs) And we learn that he is in hawk to Darius. Darius bought his debt. And if he can just pull off this one last job, (laughs) he's going to write his debt off the books. So (laughs) Rumble explains about Money Plane, a casino in the skies because the skies are international and nobody has any jurisdiction there. I actually meant to Google that beforehand and find out if that's true, because that does not sound true. I mean, when there's oh. airline crashes and things like that, there's often, like, uh, I'm thinking of um, Swiss Air Flight 911, um, which crashed near Halifax in the late 90s. Mm. And Canada took a big role in that, despite it being like Swiss Air, because they were like, "Hey, it's close to us." Or um, Malaysia Airlines flight that uh, disappeared. Like people are still interested in what's going on up there. Yeah, it is not. Uh, I I personally think this movie would have been better, uh, and I am influenced by recent events. If they had taken a submersible oh. and been like international <laughs> waters, you can't okay. get out. So, looking this up very quickly, in aircraft in flight, it uh, depends, the laws that are enforced depends upon where the aircraft is registered. So, if this is an American. Yeah, so if this is an American uh, plane, if Money Plane is an American plane, then American laws would be enforced, but they'd have to be enforced by the crew. So, like, the captain would be the person to say, arrest that man, he he's a murderer. But in this case, I guess, because everyone on this plane is a criminal, um, probably not. I think they're fine. So, uh, I don't think there's a problem with this. international waters? Yeah. Like, on an oil rig somewhere. <laughs> I think Maybe. the problem is they realized that they could have a plane with all of the windows shut, and that it was a lot cheaper than a boat with all the windows <laughs> shut. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, there is no rocky water whatsoever. We are on no. the steadiest boat in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's in a small pond outside of Swindon. Yeah. It's not an airline. It's an air dot. There's just one of them. <laughs> uh, so the night before uh, the heist we see Jack at home with his beautiful wife, Denise Richards, and their obligatory child, and we see that he has a good life, and wouldn't it suck if he lost it all? Mm-hmm. 
I liked that his wife is age appropriate. That's nice to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And good for Denise Richards getting a paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then his best friend actresses. breaks into his house, gun drawn, without knocking. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, shifty friend. Not sure what's going on there. I had absolutely forgotten that Thomas Jane was in this film, for whatever reason, also collecting a paycheck. Oh, I'm not familiar and, with it. And, uh... He was, um, gosh, he was one of the Punishers. He was the Punisher from the, like, 2004 film. Uh, he was in Deep Blue Sea. He's kind of that guy who's been sitting on the edge of action movies. Mm. Like, they kept trying to push him in the 2000s of, oh, he's going to be an action star. He's going to do action stuff. Mm. And it never really quite caught on. He's a fine actor. It's just... Uh, I think nowadays he's just gotten to a place of eh, anything for a paycheck. Mm, right. There was yeah. a bit on Arrested Development where there was a show uh, in universe called Homeless Dad starring Thomas Jane. And it was Thomas Jane playing himself as the lead actor of Homeless Dad. And it seems to be the sort of thing like, yeah, Thomas Jane would get cast in that sort of thing. <laughs> I was convinced he was going to be evil in this. Because, like, they keep going right? on about... First of all, he breaks into his friend's house in the dead of night with a gun. With a gun drawn as well. I don't get that. There's mm-hmm. a child who lives here. And then they keep repeating the fact that he's um, Edge's daughter's godfather. Which really felt, again, like they were setting up for him to be, like, turning on them. Yeah. The, the only thing missing would have been, like, Oh, you know, I'm so close to retirement. Or, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the <laughs> wife just left me. Or... You know, we're, we're on the rocks or something like that, only to reveal. But no, that, that seems to be like the one cliche. The movie went, eh, we don't need that. Yeah, we don't need that. We've got all the others, though, like stealing from the money plane is suicide, Jack. And you were the best, but then you got greedy. <laughs> no, you're no, you're completely right in saying this feels like it was written by AI. Yeah, it's, right? It's... It's a collage of lines from better movies. Yes. <laughs> uh, so as the crew gets together, they uh, they say, "Okay, here's the here's a role. It's kind of the best sequence in the movie. They have uh, like a blender animation of the blueprints of the plane. I'm like, I could I could stand to watch more of this, along with like stock photos of the plane being built. Mm. And then it's like, oh, this is like how it's made." Show me more of this. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Mr. Dressup tell me how the crayons are made again. <laughs> so we learn that Jack is taking the role of a human trafficker who no one has ever seen. So nobody knows what he looks like, uh, except for the fact that Isabella killed him. Uh, right. So Trey will be his, uh, his companion, Mr. McGillicuddy. Which is hilarious. It's a funny name. Yeah. It's a silly name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, Isabella poses as one of the flight attendants. And then Trey, again, is their man on the ground because he is busy directing the movie uh, and redressing the four by five meter set that they have. (laughs) (laughs) This, This set 
drove me wild because I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, I understand. Mentally, I understand that they're just redressing the same set over and over mm-hmm. to represent different parts of the plane. But, and it's a great big but, this leads to some uh, TARDIS geography happening inside of this plane. <laughs> yes. Where, where it is both the, the size of a private jet and also the length of three football fields. Yes. God. Sure. Yeah, fine. Fine. Also, there might be a pit with, like, cobras in it on the plane. I don't... I'm not quite sure. Was that not supposed to be on the ground or in I the plane I think that was supposed that we to be, watching? yeah, on the ground. I, I feel like they've got, like, a network of pits. <laughs> fighting pits. <laughs> well, because otherwise, like... You'd feel bad for the guy who is like probably really excited that he gets to go on a private jet, only to end up in a like a fighting pit and fight a cobra. Yeah, hmm. it's, a, it's a cobra a that has carefully thing. concealed itself in the shadows at the yes. edge of the set. Yes, exactly. You're not allowed to look at it. It's too yeah, expensive. Just, why? The the movie promises us to see like wild things and incredible things, and we do see. Uh, you know, the game of Russian roulette, which we'll get to in a bit. But when they say, like, oh, you want to see a man fucking alligator? I never thought it would be, uh, you'll see a man fucking alligator through this very tiny tablet. Here you go. (laughs) Why am I on this plane? Why couldn't I do this from home? Yeah. Yeah, telecommuting to your money plane job. Anyway, yes, continue uh, with the yes. plane. The the plane takes off. The concierge, who again is Joey Lawrence, uh, explains everything. I think he is kind of maybe the only person who gets the weird... Like, the staff on the plane are all hitting the same tone together, which is this sort of, like, weird obsequiousness mixed with violence. And that, I think, is kind of successful because it feels like they have they have decided on something and they are achieving it. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the organization that is, yeah, part of the airline crew because they seem much more sinister than all of the criminals. Yeah, yes, absolutely. E- even the uh, the stewardesses or air stewards, whatever, whatever their specific title, they're all women. Or, you know, women presenting. Um, they, they also seem very like, I have a knife in my boot and I'll throw it at your neck the second you get out of line. Yeah. They don't. They, they seem they completely unfazed by any violence. And that's kind of like really fascinating. The thing that gets me is that on the money plane, you can commit any crime, yes. but not sexual harassment. No, that is off limits and considered extremely rude. Yes, I like They're that they, they they call him out for that because at one point, one of the criminals, all the criminals have moustaches for some reason, but one of the criminals like... Oh my gosh, they do! Yeah, one, yes. of, one of the criminals gropes uh, Cool Girl and Edge is like, whoa man, that's not cool. And then the other guy is like, you're a human trafficker. Like, what do you want from me? He's like, he calls me out, he's like, oh yeah, do you know that 50% of you all human trafficking victims are also victims of sexual assault, but I'm not allowed to touch up this waitress? Okay, go off, I guess. And the fact that they say you may not sexually harass these women. 
<laughs> Bring in the assigned sexual harassment women, please. Okay, no, these are the women. They're f you're allowed to harass them. That's fine. That's their they're job. Getting, they're getting paid to be sexually harassed. Yeah. But I think that's because all the air crew are, they're like, as we were saying, like they are really sinister. And I think they would actually murder if, if they tried to be <laughs> grope them. So with with the air crew, we, we, we have uh, Cool Girl, as mm -hmm. we'll continue to call her, because whatever her name is. Uh, w when they're planning the heist, when the crew is planning the heist, they're like, okay, so you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And I'm posing as this, this sex trafficking uh, guy. And somebody's like, oh, yeah, well, what, what happened? What happens if somebody calls you out? And she's all like, haha, I killed him last year. A wink. And you see a flashback to that. So you get this idea, okay, yeah, we're filling in the gaps. My only thing is, they just got her a job as a stewardess, and yeah, none of the rest like, of the crew are just like, who are you? Yeah, I've never seen this, you like, before. This organization that is so sinister and works with the worst criminals on earth, and they seem to have, like, their hiring policy just sucks. Like, how did she get that job? Yeah, she's like a flight attendant temp. Yeah. And they're just fine with it. Yeah, from um, the evil temp agency. Yeah. <laughs> I love the line from the main host guy in the air staff who's like, we have a zero tolerance policy for murder. Unless it's part of a thing <laughs> and then it's okay. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's like, you could feel all the brothers getting together at this point and being like, but guys, we have somebody murdered later on. People are going to call it a plot hole. We have to address it earlier. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Just have him say that there's a zero tolerance policy for murder unless it's part of this other thing and then it's fine. Oh my God, you're brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. Give me millions of dollars. <laughs> or the 12 you have in your pocket right now. That'll work yeah. too. Um, at one point, the uh, main host actor guy, I don't know if you both noticed this, but he looks directly into the camera for some reason. <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, it's no. really unsettling. And again, I feel they could have, because he's like one of the most creepy characters in it because he seems like really fake. And I feel they could have made that. He has like, like a very fashy haircut yeah. too. Yeah. And I feel they could have like played on that with like fourth wall breaking, like, you know, oh, he's watching me, the audience. Mm -hmm. We're illicit. We're complicit in all these naughty, naughty things happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is like a, a sequel to Funny Games. It's can't you see that <laughs> we are also we're violent also on the money by plane. watching it? Yes, yes. <laughs> you sickos put on Money Plane, and you deserve to be reprimanded for it. <laughs> There's so much exposition in this movie. Like, most of the movie is exposition. Mm. And I love the, that they were really trying to pace through the exposition of one of the main criminals, who is an arms dealer for Iran, and he's on the US Most Wanted list, and he was tried by the Syrian government, and he was acquitted mm. by the United Nations because of a lack of evidence. Like, that's so... Oh, and he's now selling nuclear weapons? They're yes, like, yes. Just what's every evil thing we can make this guy have done? I want to know his time management sequence secrets. Really. He's like Beyonce. He's yes. Evolved from Macavity, the Napoleon of crime. 
<laughs> yeah, Napo- uh, the McCavity is in a room there. We just don't see it. Yeah, well, because he's, he's a cat. He's very small. He's walking between their legs the whole time. <laughs> Uh, so it promises to have, you know, all of the most exotic and exciting things happening in the world, but it kind of seems like there's only one event going on at a time. Mm-hmm. And for speaking of exposition, you are rarely told the rules of the game, what they're wagering, how the game works, <laughs> anything like that. Trey is forced to gamble in Edge's place, and uh, it's like, blue and they all laugh at him like he's a fucking idiot <laughs> we all know the rules how could you not know the rules you idiot yeah, idiot um also the vibes are really bad on this money plane like if i was a criminal billionaire and i went on this money plane for a good time i would be like why is the bad why, why are the vibes so bad here like there's no music playing no one's having fun or laughing Everyone looks uncomfortable and awkward. Well, I mean, the music that's playing is also, like, royalty-free music. Yes! They're evil, but they're not that evil. (laughs) Yeah, they don't pirate music. That would be wrong. (laughs) They respect artists. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. So, yeah, we have, like, your standard... It's sort of like... uh, a James Bond movie where he looks around the casino table and he sees an evil person from every nationality, yeah. except the Wish.com version of that. <laughs> We've got this this arms dealer who's vaguely Russian. We've got an evil Asian lady. And then we have one of my personal favorites, honestly, because he is bringing some energy to the role, the cowboy. I was the convinced cowboy. that I had, like missed a plot point earlier where this guy was supposed to be part of Edge's crew and he was in disguise. Mm. The because he looks wearing. so ludicrous. Yeah. He looks like he's wearing a costume. It's so fake. The moustache yeah. and the hat, it's so over the top. Well, that is the uh, that is the third Lawrence brother. Really? So, yeah, the cowboy, the concierge, and Iggy. Those, those are the three brothers. Wow. And it just... It feels like that scene in Muppet Treasure Island where they're panning across the gorgeous tropical island and there's Swedish chef with yes. a big nose on and they say, well, we had to get him in this film somehow. <laughs> yeah, he was great. He was probably my, like one of my favorite parts in this. Yeah, there's a mm, game of Russian of roulette fun. where they, they are arguing back and forth for quite some time about who uh, who should go first. And I I was a pedant about this on our first recording. I will be a pedant about this now. <laughs> I think I know exactly Always what take say. the first turn. Take the first <laughs> turn. It's your best odds. I know, right? Yeah. Also, they're on a plane with a guy yes. playing Russian. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Whose bright idea was I this? I didn't even think about that. That's so stupid. <laughs> you're going to depressurize oh. the cabin, you're all going to die. <laughs> maybe maybe it's like a very soft gun. Like, it'll kill one person, and that's, yeah. that's about as far as it'll go. Yeah, a little BB gun, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, enough gunpowder to blow out someone's brains, but not a plane. Yeah. But yeah, kids, keep in mind, if you are ever in this situation, um, one in six is much better odds than anything that comes afterwards. Yes. 
Also, don't play that game. Don't, don't, don't play yeah, this yeah, game. Yeah, don't play that game. <laughs> I, I do want to <laughs> emphasize we will not be releasing the Is It Camp licensed Russian roulette tie-in game. <laughs> what? Fun oh. for the whole family. <laughs> yeah, there's a fight between a man and a cobra. The cobra is very shy, though. Yeah, we don't see the, the expensive cobra. The, 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 practically the star of the film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that alligator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I liked as well in the scene with the man and the supposed cobra. For some reason, there's a pentagram on the floor. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody heard about environmental storytelling, but didn't actually read the entire Wikipedia article. Yeah. They were like, they're evil. Ugh. Pentagrams, I guess. Whatever. I'm not paid enough. I guess. They're like, like we, we own the money plane. We put all of our money into the money plane. We just have to rent whatever space we can get on land. Yeah. And it happened this to have a money plane is, that Help yeah. me with my finances. I spend $30,000 a month on money plane. Please. <laughs> Buy less money starving. plane. Oh. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jack slips away, and uh, he, along with Cool Girl, help to incapacitate the one of the pilots. But they have forgotten about the fact that flame, flames, flights and planes, flames, uh, <laughs> planes famously have two pilots. Yes. I don't think they, they even watched Airplane as research. The bare minimum, really, when you think about it. I mean, and they could have written it off. In the world. <laughs> yeah, th this this is one of the only fights that Edge yeah. gets into in the whole film. Mm -hmm. And it's in a really cramped space, so you, it's not the best environment for a fight scene. No. He, he hits no. his elbow because he cannot pull back far enough to punch. <laughs> yeah, which I, I think is some very good, like, visual and space-oriented storytelling. You know, he's a big guy. Yeah. They realize they're in a tiny space. He can't do some John Wick shit. So, yeah, hitting his elbow. Okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah, but when you when you think about the greats of the genre that take something like like the old boy hallway fight, where you're like, we are stuck in this space. What can we do with it? Mm. Uh, and this just said uh, they're gonna kind of move around the room a little bit. Yeah. What What if he bites him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if he ripped his ear off? Yeah. We'll come to later. <laughs> Uh, I also like as well. They establish that there's not not many places to hide a body, and so there's this like ongoing thing of cool girl who's so small, chucking these massive men into the toilet, mm -hmm. as if they don't yeah, wear a thing. One after the other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're hench people. They're light on dialogue as well as weight. Yeah, exactly. They're basically like NPCs in a video game. They just ragdoll in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't see them, therefore they're not taking up any storage space. <laughs> yeah. 
No space in your mind. No space on the screen. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so Jack gets control of the plane because he's also a trained pilot, I guess. They never address this, <laughs> yeah. even though he does seem to do some pretty tricky flying. Yes, he does, I, yeah. I love the concierge's line from earlier in the movie, a line that has zero bearing upon the rest of the movie, where he says, ah, yes, our pilots are two of the most expertly trained pilots in the world, and I should know, I'm a pilot. It's like... Oh, okay. Thanks, concierge. Yeah, this is going to come up later. Never relevant again. <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> Unless, is that to be, because like, okay, I don't want to spoil the end of the movie, but obviously oh, the two no, pilots get knocked don't. out, don't they? And then everyone yeah. jumps out of the plane in parachutes. So maybe that's to be like, to reassure the audience that the criminals, they were fine. And that guy <laughs> landed the plane safely, just in case you were worried, you know. They're setting up the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> money plane two. Money never gambles. <laughs> money plane two. This time it's in space. Love it. Book it right now. Oh, done. We need funding. Yes. Give <laughs> us money. <laughs> we would like to fund our own money plane. I would love a money plane. I would. I would love a money plane. Yeah, <laughs> you know we're we're doing a lot of harassment of this money plane, but none of us are lucky enough to be on a money plane. So we should really consider yeah, the source. Should. Yeah. Listen, it's easier to punch up towards money planes than it is to punch <laughs> down towards whatever we have. Uh, so Jack calls uh, Rumble while he's in the air because Rumble wants to keep his eye on him. Uh, but also, Sorry. Thomas Every Jane time you tells say Rumble. I just can't <laughs> help it. He was so serious about the name. You can't come up with your own nickname, is the problem. And he just <laughs> confidently introduces himself as AKA Rumble. Yeah. That's um, my new nickname I'm trying out. Um, I would really appreciate it if you called me the Rumble. Oh, yeah. like, like the brief few weeks in like 97 where my brother tried to come up with the nickname jackal for himself and i'm like no, i'm i'm a i'm a child and you are a younger child and i know this is a bad idea oh, that's yeah just like an eight-year-old walking around saying i'm the the jackal now <laughs> you don't want to know how i got this nickname how did you get this nickname I came up with it. Thought it was cool. <laughs> it is cool, Mom. <laughs> You're right, sweetie. It's very cool. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so, I, meanwhile, I, I... Isabella, cool girl, <laughs> is in the back doing, again, most of the work mm -hmm. uh, because there is a traditional vault with heaps and heaps of money and then there's also the server room that they need to get into to get all the cryptocurrency uh the server room door is not locked which is nice uh the vault is a different type than they practiced on so she was very scared and then it just opens at the thumbprint of the guard yeah the guard whose yeah. ears she rips off yes she rips off his ears <laughs> with her hands and it doesn't seem to take a lot of effort. No, they came right no. off. Ears <laughs> are 
famously pull-offable. Yeah. And then he dies. But somehow, I don't. I don't understand how he died from not having ears. She saw glowing red points on his ears and realized that those were his oh, weak points. Those his weak point. That does make sense. Oh, uh, he's he's a mini boss. Yes, obviously. Mm, yes. Okay. There we go. She had to use the magic stiletto heel, which embedded itself an inch into his forearm. Mm-hmm. And then rip off his two weakest points, his ears. Was that also the scene where she did like a sexy, distracting dance for no reason? I believe so, yes. (laughs) It uh, didn't do anything. No. That's that's the worst part. It was pointless. She is very flirtatious, like to everyone, because there's this creepy criminal guy with a mustache who's following her around the plane in general. And she's like, you're not meant to be down here. And he's like, rules are meant to be fucked. And she's very flirtatious with him and all the other villains in this movie for some reason. She's oh, yeah, absolutely. She, she, she's sexy. She is. Attack is her A button and flirt is her B button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mashing both of the buttons together. Why isn't it doing oh, anything? Oh, if you press them both together, it pulls his ears off. There you go. And I'm all out of ears. (laughs) I was just trying to take a screenshot. Jeez. Uh, So Trey gets in there too, and he starts uh, transferring the cryptocurrency back down to Iggy on the ground. But unfortunately, the two uh, bad guys on the plane who have any personality, who's uh, the arms dealer and his friend, uh, sort of catch on to them and they come down into the bowels she keeps saying you can't be down here so i have to yeah. assume there's some sort of like double decker situation oh yeah oh also we have to mention that she threw the guy whose ears she pulled off and another guy she cho- tossed them both in the toilet as well so the toilets are very mm-hmm. busy now i'm guessing they're quite packed yeah if, if i i have to imagine they say you can take a shower on this plane. Oh. I I would hope that they would have nicer bathrooms than you what think, we see. You? I want to see the queue forming of evil criminals being like, God damn, this, this bathroom. What the hell's going on? The, it's just locked. Exactly. Oh. It's full of dead guys with it's no ears. A... <laughs> <laughs> She's just walking around with this necklace of ears hidden underneath her blouse. <laughs> I I have to spread them out so they don't get suspicious. I've put one ear in every bathroom. (laughs) You might as well just flush them at that point. Yeah. Some Uh, (laughs) cold Down on earth. Get some Uh, ear on their head. So (laughs) Ivan and and his sexual harassment buddy attack them. Mm -hmm. They're fine. Mm -hmm. At the same time, a bunch of Black Ops guys come for uh, Iggy on the ground. But fortunately, Thomas Jane is there to defend him with a drone that no one can see. Well, because it's it's day for night shooting, and yes, uh, I got that. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) They're all blinded by the sheer stupidity of. A drone that has a handgun attached to it. It's not like a drone built with a gun no. on it. It's drone. like it's t- like a, a gun that's been taped to the bottom of this drone, <laughs> and it just flies around and goes pop. Yeah, pop, and they just die. Yeah, well, Radio Shack doesn't sell the fancy kind, okay? 
<laughs> you gotta MacGyver your own drone gun. Uh, however, God. during this fight, the servers get damaged, which means if they if they download all the cryptocurrency, don't. <laughs> Again, this movie is also concept of cryptocurrency as like something that they have to put on a drive and keep with them at all times. It changes anyway. throughout the movie as to whether <laughs> or not it's like on a community wallet or if it's like individual per user, and it seems to change depending on like the scene and what they want from the story at that particular time. Yeah, early yeah, on they say that they're taking the key to the wallet, but then also if they have the key, then people will know because taking the key is same as taking the funds. Yeah, and also everyone has these like wristbands with their own crypto on the wristbands because at one point Edge sends his crypto to Trey, so it's really inconsistent. It's it's plot based cryptocurrency. Like it, it does whatever <laughs> the plot needs for it at the time. Schrodinger's crypto. But then again. I yeah. don't know anything about cryptocurrency, so for all <laughs> I know, this is exactly what it does. Yeah, who knows? Maybe it may as well be NFTs at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, most of what I've learned about crypto has been against my own will. <laughs> uh, so at this point, some assassins come to Jack's house to kill his wife and child. The worst thing you can do. But fortunately, Thomas Jane is there, and he kills them all instead. Oh, yeah. And Denise Richards is not there. No, she's not there at nope. all. And this is because Edge is like, he's he's like decided to betray Kelsey Grammer because they found out that Kelsey Grammer betrayed Edge, and the painting was never actually in the museum, and he, it was a setup. And so Edge recorded Kelsey Grammer being like, I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. I'm going to take down the money plane. And then Edge <laughs> plays that to the criminals. So then Kelsey Grammer has to have his revenge on Edge's wife and child. Uh, my, my favorite part about this is that all of these criminals get very upset about the fact that anyone would dare to threaten them. Like... Guys, I'm on the money plane to have a good time. I didn't want to work when I was here. <laughs> and they all know who Emmanuel, whatever his name is, is. As soon as his voice is played, they're like, oh, God damn it, that guy. Ah. Oh. oh, we know exactly yeah, he who that guy is. Yeah, he should have been the human trafficker uh, ID. Just take that guy's ID. Nobody <laughs> yeah. knows who he is. It's, it's his own fault also for putting all those aliases out there. He doesn't have any other names <laughs> that he can flee under. Yeah, because when when Edge calls him up, uh, at one point he tries to use his name and he goes, ah, no, we use code names. And he goes, okay, Colonel. Yes, Captain. So now he's also calling himself the Colonel <laughs> on top of the rumble, <laughs> on top of D Darius Emmanuel Grouch the third. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they you... came back to Kelsey Grammer and said, we have some reshoots to do. And he said, I'll only accept it if I get ev uh, every scene gets me a new nickname. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you uh, notice as well, Edge's house is not very fancy, considering his line of work? Yes, so, it's very, it's, it's, like, it's like a nice little bungalow. Yeah, it's like where In, I grew inside up. Inside his house. Yes. Inside his house is nice and it's fairly modest. But at the beginning of the film, you do get an overhead shot of his house where it shows you know, the swimming pool yeah. and it's actually quite large. But then it also shows the like 12 parking spots that it has outside <laughs> because 
That's not a house. It's clearly a building they took a shot of because they're, when I say parking spots, they've got yellow lines in between them. And I've never been to anyone's house with yellow this lines. This reminds me of the, the art gallery in the beginning, which when we saw the establishing shot of it, I was like, oh, this is like the, you know, the crummy industrial place that they are planning their heist from. Yeah. No, it is the art gallery that has no other cars parked there. <laughs> no, it, it that's not the art gallery. That's the studio they're filming at. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, so yes, Jack releases this recording to everybody on the <laughs> on the intercom of the money plane and says that they are they are taking the money but they are distributing the cryptocurrency to charities around the world like UNICEF and Syrian refugees and Trey goes okay and he presses the big give money to UNICEF and yeah. Syrian refugees button Syrian refugees famously have crypto wallets themselves and would know what to do with a dogecoin yeah oh. famously centralized yeah. oh what's this I just checked my bank account and somebody's deposited a whole bunch of bitcoin into it well, that's the useless. fuck am I going to do with this? Yeah. yeah. Some poor yeah, Syrian like grandma, spent. like, taking care of eight kids, being like, okay, now I have to learn about what a non-fungible token is. Aren't they called as well, like, um, if you have, like, a load of crypto, you're called, like, a whale or something? Yeah, right. something like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you like, they're these, because, uh, like, crypto is decentralized so it's like technically public where the money is sent but who it's sent to is private so there are these like people like elon musk who have loads of money in crypto who are considered like whales like as in the the animal and so when they buy or sell crypto people like report on it so this would definitely cause a rush on ethereum or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah you can you can sort of Sam, you can like track each dollar and be like, this dollar used to belong to this person, but now it belongs to this person. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like my brain is going smooth to protect itself <laughs> yeah. from this knowledge. Sorry, <laughs> you just had to learn something about crypto. Oh, one of one of God, my favorite I... YouTube videos is about a crypto scam. It's you know when you get that like, I I got to go back to my comfort YouTube video to fall asleep. It's that. So that's the that's the only way. Um. They they reveal their plan to rumble, uh, and then they all jump out of the plane. I it, like it. So it is now like, by now nighttime, <laughs> so they don't have to show any sky. When they're stealing the money, they're like, "What about the money?" And then Edge is like, "I don't want it. It's blood money." And then they're all like, "Yeah, you're right." And they just leave it behind. <laughs> like, you're literally criminals. All of your money is blood money. Who do you think hired you? But we're the good guys, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then at the same time, all of the bad people on the money plane instantly contact their people on the ground and say go to Rumble's house because the last shot we see of Rumble and I would argue the best shot in the movie mm-hmm. is uh, is Kelsey Grammer opening up fire with a machine gun to <laughs> nobody. They are all just just behind the camera. Yeah, he obviously wanted to do like a Scarface type scene. Mm-hmm. 
So the only way he'd agree to be in this movie. Meanwhile, three months later, uh, 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 some workers open up a painting container. I don't know what you would call that, like a crate. And they discover that the disturbing duckling has been stolen. Except they don't actually say that. They just show you uh, like a piece of artwork with a stick drawing with a middle finger. And for a second, I was like, oh, is that what the expensive art looked like? Because they never actually showed us. (laughs) (laughs) They really should have established that better. Just show us the so in the <laughs> once. Yeah. In the third one last job of this movie, uh, they have actually stolen the disturbing duckling, the thing that they were hired to steal in the beginning. Mm. It's worth $60 million. They're going to split it five ways. And in the final shot of the movie, Edge is with his beautiful child and wife, his hair down for the first time fluttering in the breeze and all I could think about was that he and Denise Richards looked like they had the same golden highlights. <laughs> Cut to credits. They probably get it done together. Sweet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that couple, is couple couple's hairstyling. Surely yeah. that is blood money though. Yeah, I, I don't understand what their ethical lines are here mm-hmm. and there because you know, we won't steal this physical money. But we'll definitely steal this physical painting, yeah. turn it into money. From a real artist as well, right? As mm-hmm. you said, so yeah, what? F- fuck that artist. <laughs> yeah. It's probably it, all... You guys have heard about like the, the ideas that most art trade is just like laundering money because you can say that it's worth whatever. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's yeah. probably it. They were like, it's $60 million. And somebody who needed to clean $60 million was like, sure, why not? Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, they, they have tremendous respect for recording artists, but not, not <laughs> physical media artists. Don't be ridiculous. Those people are scum. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's a movie. That's a movie that was made and and shot and acted. Yeah, technically a movie. Although, is it a movie or is it a very long special episode of a TV show? Because it is only 82 (laughs) minutes. In my mind, I'm always like, a movie is at least 90 minutes long. Yeah, I've seen longer animated movies. Yeah. It, It feels like a lost episode of... You ever see the show Leverage? No. Uh, what about Burn Notice? Hustle. No. Hustle. No, oh, Hustle's never. great, yeah. No, but oh. Hustle's much smarter and English. Um, oh. Okay. Check out Hustle. I, I highly recommend Hustle, actually. I will check it's out a lot Hustle. Of fun. Yeah, it's about yeah, a bunch of uh, on... con artists. It's fun. Love that. Great. And every episode is always like, we're, we're pulling this big con, and yeah, we're going to take tons of money from these people and then by the end of the episode you realize because you you tend to start the episodes thinking like oh man they're really going to screw some people over and then by the end of the episode you go oh i figured out that the person they screwed over is a terrible person and they have this coming <laughs> great oh that's good yeah they're they're uh, con artists with uh, hearts of gold oh that's nice it sounds like house if Instead of lupus, it was mm-hmm. villains. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything anything that we missed in our discussion of money plane that you want to bring up? 
No, I don't think so. I think we covered yeah. most think, of it. Yeah, it's just... All of the choices made in this film don't go... Like, there's there's the idea that they're hitting all of the cliches of the heist movie. The <laughs> one last job, the... You know, now I've double-crossed you, blah, 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 kind of thing. And then they consistently make choices in terms of characters that make zero sense. Here's Adam Copeland, a.k.a. The Edge from WWE. You know, a thing where he was trained to fight every week Mm -hmm. for our enjoyment. And what are we going to have him do? Sit in the cockpit of the plane for 40 minutes. I wonder if it's like an insurance thing maybe they couldn't afford because his job is very physical and he has to go if you work for WWE you have to go for all these like medical tests all the time so maybe they were like but we this... can't afford if he accidentally got injured on set like WWE would sue us but mm, that's this, true this was before he came back to WWE really? remember because he didn't come, because he didn't come back to WWE until I think during the pandemic, wasn't it? Oh yeah, no, you're right. So this movie came out in 2020. He would have filmed it probably in 2019. So he wouldn't have been under contract with WWE at the time. Wow. Although, I'm pretty sure 2019 Mm -hmm. is when he, or is it 2020? I forget. But he would have been in training at that point to make his return in WWE because he's got a six pack here. Mm. And you always know oh, yeah, we do see him got a six pack. Once. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's coming back to WWE. So maybe that's why he was like, well, can't risk it. Got to take one last one job. job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just such a befuddling amount of choices of, yeah. all right, Kelsey Grammer saying fuck <laughs> a lot. The, and... I would love to see the breakdown of budget for this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because it, it seems it's... excessive. But also incredibly I cheap mean, we... at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I just mean with We did discuss this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This okay. movie was released in theaters and mainly VOD, but the box office was in the triple digits because it was released <laughs> in um, in June, June or July of 2020. Right. Mm. Wow. Wow, that's, uh, I mean, I remember hearing about the worst box office ever. It was a Katherine Heigl film. Mm. Uh, And that's right at the end of Katherine Heigl's attempt to be like a big movie star. Yeah, immensely diminishing returns on her career, unfortunately. But um, it was called Zizix Road. It was released in, uh, gosh like double digits theaters like the, right. the the studio had zero confidence in it and it ultimately made like 27 dollars wow Aww. yeah i i feel bad for her but also just like this astounding idea that okay two people went to go see your film <laughs> yeah that's like not even the people who made the film went to go see that film they were like nah yeah Oof. Ooh, I can't imagine being told that. <laughs> so have we come to the big question then? I, think I so. believe we have. So the question is, 
Joe, mm. is Money Plane Camp? So I had to look this up because, like, I was like, I, I realized I don't actually know the definition of camp. Like, I use the word to describe things, but I was like, well, mm-hmm. God, you you guys are experts, so I, I need to know what I'm talking about here. So I looked it up, and it says that camp is it describes it as saying where high art necessarily incorporates beauty and value camp necessarily needs to be lively (laughs) audacious and dynamic and i don't think it is but is that very cruel of me to say i don't know no i mean no part of the part of the reason why we do this show is because yeah it is really hard to wiggle out what camp is i often have a really hard time differentiating it between so bad it's good um because yeah yeah, i think of camp isn't it like so Mm -hmm. bad it's good Mm -hmm. yeah you know like it can be so many different things But I'm I'm about to launch into my definition, so I'm going to hold that back. Sam, Sam, what do you think? So, the 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 second episode when we did this, I I came out at the end of it and I said uh, that this was what I call dad camp, right? Mm. It's the kind of thing mm. like like a father would find on TV in the middle of the day on a Sunday. When they've just had lunch and they don't want to think and they don't want to deal with the family or the kids or whatever. It was just like, like you would, you would be changing channels and then you'd see Fraser Crane with, you know, saying fuck on TV and you go, oh, what's this? Okay. Money playing. Cool. All right. Let's watch this. And like your dad could just sit there and kind of watch it and sort of enjoy it because let's be real. Yeah, he'd, oh, he'd yeah. fall asleep, obviously. 100%. It doesn't mean that you can change that, the channel, though. He, oh, no. He'll wake up just no. long enough for you to say, don't change the channel. I was watching that. And <laughs> and that... It, it hits that weird sort of sweet spot of... I could see people just kind of watching this. Not necessarily enjoying it, but maybe, and not even like the, oh my god, isn't this awful kind of enjoyment more just like a curiosity or even a a boredom in the middle of the day on a Sunday. Right. Uh, But I think over, over the last two years, having exposed ourselves to so many other films and great performances and bad performance, I think this is just a bad movie now. (laughs) I don't, I don't think this is camp. I I think this is, this is just a, a vanity project for three brothers who decided, sure, let's do a heist movie. It's, who can we get? All these people. It's quite impressive that it manages to not be camp, even though it has Kelsey Grammer with a machine gun in it. Oh, yeah. So when when I was looking uh, up stuff for this movie, I happened to find something that I was not aware of the first time we recorded an episode Ooh. on this, which was an oral history of Money Plane on the ringer.com. Ooh. What? Yes. Now, near the end, uh, I'm going to read from it now. Now, only one question remains. Will Money Plane become a cult classic? And this is Copeland speaking. The concept lends itself to it for sure. I think the fact that we added camp into it on purpose maybe also helps. 
I think you have some Mm. really recognizable names that people go, okay, well, I know Thomas Jane, and I know Denise Edwards, and I know the Lawrence brothers, and I know Kelsey Grammer, and I'm not entirely sure. Is that guy a wrestler? It's a Motley Crue. But Motley Crue the band is really fun, so I'd like to think this movie is too. And I'm going to say... (laughs) The fact that he was like, yeah, they probably won't recognize me. Yeah, they'll definitely know the Lawrence brothers, but not me. <laughs> I I think I think I have to side with you guys and say Edge is wrong. This movie is not camp. Yeah. It is it is bad, and it is bad in mostly a fun way. Mm. Yeah, I think but they yeah. they tried for deliberate camp. That's so weird. I think he's yeah, right? saying that for marketing purposes. He's like, we need to make some money off this movie. It's a massive loss. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, he says he says at another point in it, like, no, it's it's exactly what you said about dad camp. Like he says, like, oh, it's the type of movie I'd love to watch while I eat a cold pizza. You know, (laughs) I bet he's never watched it. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, how many pizzas is this guy eating? Oh, yeah. When he around this time when he was filming and had the six pack, he actually did an interview and he was like, I hate I hate having a six pack so much. I'm not allowed. I love cake. I'm not allowed to eat cake. I am miserable all of the time. So, yeah, that poor guy's hungry. Yeah. Let him eat some cake and let him get off the money plane. Yeah. And here I am sitting around going like, wow, well, you know, I sure am training to get that six pack so I can go on stage and show it off. (laughs) Woof. Yeah, but you, you enjoy what you're doing. I do, but I, I, I'm not looking forward to the absolute misery that is pre-contest season. <laughs> yeah, that's going to suck. But at least it's not that's too cause... long, right? You get like an off season then? You can just eat loads of cake? That's how it well, works, that, right? that depends on... Uh, well, it, it'd be like four or five months pre-contest. And then depending upon how I do in the contest, that'll oh, say how many more contests we want to do that year. It makes sense then why a lot of like professional athletes and wrestlers like have a like they just don't like food. Like John Cena just does not like food. And that's that how he looks uh, like that is he just does not like food. <laughs> I I from what I understand having having trained with wrestlers and knowing wrestlers and whatnot, uh that's probably a big old lie. Apparently oh. John Cena John Cena is a regular fast food burger person. <gasps> really? You see, we reviewed his uh, that... secret cooking show uh, on his YouTube channel, and Ooh. he does not season things. And he, at one point in his video, calls limes spicy. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you've fallen for his kayfabe, Joe. I think I have. You've, you've... I'm easily worked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are just some things where it's like, like, um, God, I remember talking to a friend years, years ago where he said, I might do wrestling training. You know, I, uh, I just need to build myself up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try for that kind of John Cena physique. And I'm like, so wow. you're going to do steroids then? And, it, and he's like, no, John Cena's not on steroids. And I'm like, he looks <laughs> like that year round. If he's not on steroids, then he needs to be studied. Oh, yeah, I'm convinced he was grown in a lab by Vincent McMahon. Like, there's, there's no way that man is actually human. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, no, uh, yeah, you've fallen for the classic kayfabe. I'm sorry, Joe. The man loves fine. his cheeseburgers, as far as I'm it's, aware. Oh, how I'm such a good wrestling fan. I love to be worked. 
<laughs> but yeah, it seems we're all kind of in agreement that this is uh, this is just a bad movie, right? Yeah, not camp, just bad. Just bad. Yeah. Just bad. Parts of it are fun, mainly the Kelsey Grammer parts. Just like watch a Kelsey Grammer supercut, <laughs> and you'll it. get what you yeah. need out of the movie. This needs a recut, and then it would be camp. Yeah, mm. it's a director's cut, but the director's cut is three minutes long. Yeah. And it's on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Joe, before we close out, is there anything you'd like to plug? Ah, uh, just plug my podcast. So I'm on How To Wrestling, the podcast, which I mentioned earlier. And I'm also on another podcast called Subcultured, where we look at various interesting subcultures like weird and wonderful we did an episode on vore an episode on like elevator enthusiasts like an episode on clowns like we just do anything that's like even vaguely a subculture and you can find both of those podcasts on itunes and spotify or any good podcasting platform and yeah that's all give them a listen check them out that sounds fascinating um Socials are in kind of a weird place right now, but if people want to follow you, where should they? I'm at Bimbo Toad on Twitter and I think on Instagram. Um, but yeah, who knows what the future holds with social media, isn't it? It's, it's dying. It's a dying form. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We When we say our, our Twitter handles at the end, we're always like, and this will be gone by the time the episode comes out. And that's been happening for about a year. <laughs> Yeah, for now, though, that's where you can find me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for joining us. And thank you, Joe, for joining us today on our exploration of Money Plane. Please subscribe on your podcaster of choice. Leave a star rating and review where you can, because it always helps us to find new people who may not know what their camp favorite is. Yes. And next week, we will be dragged back into the abyss that is Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber (laughs) as we cover oh Sarah Sarah why would you do this to us as we cover the sequel to Phantom of the Opera Love Never Dies uh we've talked about a money plane now we're gonna talk about a money pit baby (laughs) (laughs) no no the money Uh, pit is with Tom Hanks (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the this is basically the thirty years in production and still not finished uh, musical uh, Love Never Dies. It takes place ten years after Phantom of the Opera. Um, there is not really one version of Love Never Dies because they have been workshopping it for years and years. Um, there is an official recording uh, from Sydney, I. Th- think maybe even the Sydney Opera House uh that's the one that we are going to be watching so campers if you want to submit yourself to the worst Andrew Lloyd Webber thing we have ever watched on this show and we watched Cats watch that version of Love Never Dies we are gluttons for punishment and that punishment has a name it is Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber yes (laughs) sir may I have another musical Sam has never seen it. I am very excited. <laughs> Why, Sarah? Why? <laughs> because I watched Money Plane twice, okay? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, you know what? That's fair. Uh, you know, tit for tat. 
an eye for an eye, a terrible movie for a terrible musical. But until next week, you, our audience, our campers, can continue the discussion on our Twitter for as long as that lasts and our Instagram. I am at Chris Indigo, all one word, R-H-Y-S, spelled the Welsh way. And I am at Sour Citrus Lady. You can follow the pod on at Is It Camp Pod. Until next week, wait an hour before swimming, watch out for snakes, and stay camp. Bye! You want to listen to three people talk about a guy talking about a man fucking an alligator? Money plane, colon, Is It Camp? Okay, not too kind. No, not the way you do it.